everyone wants to get more sleep, and there are a ton of different sleep hacks out there, noise machines, meditation, earplugs, which I do, but you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl & Branch. We have Bowl & Branch sheets in our house. They're in white. They are so soft. In fact, we say all the time, but they really do get softer with every wash. And the sheets also come in a really pretty box, kind of wrapped up like a present just for you. They feel buttery and breathable to start. And again, as Motion and I always say, they get softer with every wash. Best of all, it feels a little bit luxurious every time you slip into bed. These best-selling sheets are also made with the finest 100% organic cotton. They are completely free from toxins, soft yet super breathable. There's a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash them, style them, and sleep in them for an entire month. And if you don't really love them, you could send them back right away. And again, they're made without toxins. There's no synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. So sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use the promo code MONEWS at bowlandbranch.com. That is Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. That promo code MONEWS, M-O-N-E-W-S, for 15%, off your order. Hey everyone, it's Moshe Winunu and welcome to a special holiday edition of the podcast, the latest in our series, The Mo You Know. In honor of the July 4th holiday, we bring you a special edition taking an in-depth look at the holiday and its history. The goal of The Mo You Know series is to provide an in-depth understanding of an issue in the news or in history in 10 minutes or less. A reminder before we start to subscribe to the show and leave us a review on your podcasting app of choice. Thanks again for listening. As the United States celebrates its 246th birthday this year, we take a closer look in this edition at the July 4th holiday and its history. Here are a few things you might not know about American Independence Day. First, there was actually an early debate as to whether July 4th was even the right day to celebrate. In fact, John Adams wrote his wife a letter on July 3rd of that year. He said in part, quote, The second day of July 1776 will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. So why is that? What was the significance behind July 2nd? Well, July 2nd, 1776 is the day that the Continental Congress actually voted for independence. The written Declaration of Independence wasn't ready yet. It would take two more days until the 4th of July for the Declaration to be ready. So the Declaration itself is dated July 4th. But again, the vote for independence was on July 2nd. To add to the confusion, it actually wasn't signed until August 2nd, starting with the president of the Continental Congress, John Hancock. And I'll throw this into the mix. It wasn't actually until 1783, seven years later, that the U.S. defeated Great Britain for actual and final independence. But let's get back to John Adams for a second. So he's annoyed by this whole idea that July 2nd is the official birthday of America as far as he's concerned, but no one is really respecting that. In fact, July 4th, the following year, celebrations begin to break out in Philadelphia and Boston. People begin marking July 4th as the holiday. So John Adams, in later years, and he would survive for another 50 years, would reportedly turn down invitations to participate in July 4th celebrations. Speaking of that Declaration of Independence, its original intention was a document laying out why the U.S. was declaring independence from England. The Congress would assign a committee of five men to write that declaration. That included John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, and of course Thomas Jefferson. 
Jefferson, who was 33 years old at the time, was considered the best writer, and he would eventually be charged with writing the draft. Adams would later write all the reasons he gave that assignment to Jefferson, including the following. One, that Jefferson was a Virginian, and Virginia was the most populous colony at the time, so they wanted someone from Virginia to write the declaration. And then this is my favorite part. Adams admitted that he himself was, quote, obnoxious, suspected, and unpopular. You are very much otherwise, he wrote to Jefferson. And so it was Jefferson who took the lead on the document. We might all remember the key line from the Declaration of Independence that many of us learned in grade school. Quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Obviously, that was among the lines that made it in the final declaration, but the declaration itself would go through multiple edits, debates, and a few portions of Jefferson's original draft were deleted in the final version. One of the most heated debates concerned a passage about slavery in one of the drafts of the Declaration. Thomas Jefferson tried to lay blame for slavery on King George III, writing that he, the king, violated the lives and liberty of a distant people who never offended him, captivating and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere. In another passage in a draft of the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson then accused the King of England of encouraging slaves to escape and join British forces to fight against the U.S. All of this, of course, was complicated by the fact that Jefferson and several other of the Founding Fathers all owned slaves. In fact, Jefferson had the most, reportedly more than 600 slaves at his plantation in Virginia. Nevertheless, during the Declaration talks, South Carolina and Georgia were among the states that requested that any negative language about slavery be dropped since they wanted to continue the practice in the new nation. Additionally, many of the founders knew that it was hard to support the statement about slavery and the support that all men are created equal in the same document. So, of course, they ended up dropping all the sections about slavery. It would take about another 90 years for the practice to end on U.S. soil at the end of the Civil War. It would take 144 years for women to get the right to vote, and of course, 190 years for civil rights legislation to pass. Jefferson would keep his slaves through his death. Meanwhile, one of the other founders, George Washington, actually freed his slaves in his will. Speaking of which, three presidents died on July 4th. That included, remarkably, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, who both passed away on the nation's 50th birthday, July 4th, 1826. The two were adversaries. Remember, Adams was our second president. Jefferson was our third. In fact, Jefferson in the election of 1800 denied Adams a second term. They were the last two original revolutionary leaders to survive. Reportedly, as Adams lay on his deathbed at age 90 in Massachusetts on July 4th, 1826, his last words were, Thomas Jefferson still survives. It turns out Adams was mistaken. Jefferson had died five hours earlier that day in Monticello, Virginia, 500 miles away. Still pretty remarkable that on America's 50th birthday, that day, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson would both pass away. Several years later, former President James Monroe would also die on July 4th. Staying grim here for a second, there's actually one president who died due to what he did at a July 4th celebration. That's President Zachary Taylor, who in 1850 attended a commemoration beginning the building of the Washington Monument. It is believed thereafter he contracted cholera following that celebration and would die five days later on July 9th, 1850. And we have one president who was actually born on July 4th. That's Calvin Coolidge. He served as president from 1923 to 1929. Back to the holiday itself. The first July 4th celebrations would happen in Philadelphia and Boston, July 4th, 1777, one year after the Declaration of Independence was ready. It is documented that both celebrations in Philadelphia and in Boston both used fireworks that year. 
July 4th itself, though, would not become a federal holiday till nearly 100 years later, in 1870. And Congress would finally make it a paid day off in 1941. And as we celebrate the founding of the country this month, the U.S. isn't alone in a July celebration. More than a dozen other countries also mark their independence this month, starting with the Canadians on July 1st. Several others include Algeria on July 5th, the Bahamas on July 10th, and the French on July 14th, known, of course, as Bastille Day. Thanks for listening to this special edition podcast. We'll be back with additional news and updates and interviews this week. And please remember to follow, subscribe, and leave a review for this podcast, especially if you like it. Also consider following our Instagram news account at Moshe at M-O-S-H-E-H and signing up for the regular Mo News newsletter at monews.bulletin.com. For now, wishing all of you a meaningful July 4th holiday weekend.